as has been uh, pointed out, um, this morning we're going to unwrap unwrap a new gift, gift of love. I don't know about you, but um, Christmas is uh, almost overwhelming uh, when you go into the stores or the radio and all these songs, all these carols, one after another, and you kind of wonder what Christmas would be like without them, in some cases maybe saner. Um, maybe some of you have already had enough of some of these songs, I don't know. Uh, bear with me though, because uh, today um, we're going to play a little game, um, and it, no, I'm calling, not going to embarrass anyone, so from your seat you can participate. It's called Name That Christmas Song. I'm going to read a phrase from a well-known holiday song, and you try to think of the song title, okay? You can just say it where where you're at, okay? Um, First one, here we go. We're snuggled up together like two birds of a feather would be. Anybody say it all out if you know. If you said sleigh ride, you are correct. Uh, When we finally kiss goodnight, how I hate going out in the storm, but if you really hold me tight all the way home, I'll be warm. Ooh, good, quick over here, let it snow. Good. Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree won't be the same, dear, if you're not here with me. Yeah, yeah, if I would have sang it like Elvis, it would have helped, right? Big if. Um, Please have snow and mistletoe and presents under the tree. I'll be home for Christmas. Very good. Well, here's, this is going to challenge you one. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. Oh, rocking around. Wow, good one. Rocking around the Christmas tree. In the meadow, we can build a snowman. And we can pretend that he is Parson Brown, right? There you go. And he'll say, you are married, and you know what we'll say. We'll say, no, man. But you can do the job when you're in town. All right. If you said winter wonderland, you're all over this. Now, for some of you who are like, oh, man, I didn't get any of them. I, here, here's, I'm, I want to encourage you. Um, because the line I'm going to read is the same as the title. So everyone's going to go home feeling good, okay? All I want for Christmas is you, and so all I want for Christmas is you. So everybody, you succeeded this morning. Um, Good work. But I wonder if you notice the theme here. You see, Valentine's Day gets all the glory for being the holiday of love. But it's pretty clear that Christmas holds a corner on the market as the season of love and romance. Matter of fact, a few years ago, American Wedding Survey was done in Bride Magazine. And their conclusion was, the researchers found that 19% of all engagements occur in December, making it the most popular month to become engaged. Now, you can guess what the most popular day was, Christmas Eve. As a matter of fact, Valentine's Day and Cupid, they're fourth. Um, As Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and New Year's Eve, uh, we're all uh, ahead of Valentine's Day. Data released by Facebook last year showed Christmas Eve is the most popular day to be engaged. So it kind of reaffirmed it. Of course, we know Facebook's always right. Um, Now, there's certainly nothing wrong with celebrating love during this season, right? I mean, if you get engaged this Christmas Eve, I'll wholeheartedly celebrate with you. No doubt about that. But depending upon where you find yourself in regard to romantic relationships at the moment, all this love in the air can bring happiness and expectation. The reality is that type of love can also bring loneliness and isolation. But either way, too much focusing on cuddling in the cold and meeting under the mistletoe can blind us to the real love story of Christmas. So my challenge is that we 
none of us miss the true love story. The heart-stopping, show-stopping, heart-pounding love of God. That's what this season's about. It's the love story that's been written for all of us. And this story of the true, unfailing, unending, sacrificial love of God, seen in the sending of Jesus Christ, is a love that changes everything. And we shouldn't be surprised because love's been the story from the very beginning. God's story. From the moment of creation, as our skit pointed out, God's love was part of the fabric of our world. God's love was with Adam and Eve, both before they sinned and after they sinned. God's love was with Noah as he saved his family from destruction. In the Old Testament, God gave his commandments, and they were commandments of love. They protected, they provided for his people. And in love turned the world upside down when Jesus Christ came to live among us. The God of the universe, born in a stable, died on the cross, rose from the dead. It took love to disrupt and to overturn the power of death and evil. But this isn't a a flowery feeling type love. You see, it's God's love. It's a story that's in action. It's how the God of the universe loves you and I so much that he left everything in order to be with you, to sacrifice his life, that you would be with him. And so this love is the second gift we want to unwrap this Advent season. Now if you were with us last week, we opened the first gift, the gift of hope. We talked about the fact that Advent means coming or arrival, and it speaks to this idea of expectation or waiting and anticipation and longing. It's not just, Advent's not just an extension of Christmas in that sense. It's a season that leaks the past, the present, and the future. And that's why we can unwrap these gifts and experience just the joy and the blessing of God. And Advent, just really, to be honest, offers us the opportunity to share in the ancient longing of the people who looked forward to the coming of Jesus Christ. And so today we've lit the candle of love. In this season, I hope that you experience the rediscovering of what it means that Jesus Christ came as Savior. And for gaining a greater, deeper understanding of how wide and long and high and deep His love is for you and me. It's the gift we unwrap today. 1 John 4, 9-10 through says this, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And notice the demonstration of that love. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, to be the atonement for our sins, to be the payment for our sins, to be the perfect, once-for-all sacrifice for our sins. That's where we see the love of God. And so the the first encouragement I want to give is to accept his love. And I And as I rethought about that word, I kind of like to change it to respond to his love. Accept almost seems like it's very passive. But we're to respond to his love. Now, we've talked, Jay talked about it, came again in the skit of John 3.16. And maybe you're familiar with it. If you weren't, you've heard it twice, and there's, it's really cool that they quoted that. Um, Because we kind of tend to look at that verse as, well, it's good for our kids in Sunday school to know that. Awana, they should know that. That's really basic and easy. And it might be basic, but it isn't easy. Um, that's, that verse is loaded. Donald Barnhouse said it's one of the most profound, profound verses in the Bible. 
is John 3.16. And the message of this verse is the core of what we believe. For God so loved the world, it be God initiated it all. He so loved the world. He looked at this world, looked down the corridors of time, saw you and me and everyone, and said, he so loved this world that he did something about it. He gave. God's the greatest giver ever. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. In other words, when God came and God showed off and demonstrated his love, he did it for a reason so he could spend eternity with you and me. And that's a deep, deep love. And the scriptures say, hey, I dare you to grasp how wide and deep and high and, and, and long is the love of God. It, it, it's, it's seen in John 3.16. And when we accept that gift and believe in him, we're given his life, salvation, eternal life. So the first thing we do with the gift of God's love is, again, so basic, but it's not easy as we respond to it. We accept it. Maybe you've been burned by human love, and sometimes it's really difficult if you've been burned by human love to somehow transfer that to think, well, there's nobody's love I could trust. I can't trust God's love. I can't trust anyone's love because I've been burned, and that's tempting. But understand, the human fickle love sometimes is nothing like God's love. God demonstrates his own love, and while we are at sinners, Christ died. Notice the scriptures are clear. God just didn't generally demonstrate love. He demonstrated his love. And that's a love of a different kind. That love is, can't be measured. It's inexhaustible. Maybe you feel unlovable. Maybe you think you don't know what I've done. You don't know what dark secrets, doubts, fears, and pain I have. And maybe I don't, but God does. And the love he offers sees, knows, and he cares deeply for you. And the love that God offers is Jesus Christ, for only he can save. But again, I'm not talking about a flowery love. I'm not talking about a love that made the Bee Gees famous. This is a much, this is a rescuing love. Years ago, um, I was a, I was been a Christian for a couple years. I'd given my life to Jesus Christ in college and was a follower of Jesus for a couple years at that point. And I, and I was in, lived in Madison, Wisconsin, and I worked for a maintenance apartment maintenance company. And a lot of the apartments we took care of, maintained, and cleaned were right by the UW uh, of Madison, University of Wisconsin-Madison. They're not too happy today, by the way, I think, from last night's game. Um, but that was a unique job. And, and in the spring, in May, at the end of the school year, um, those living in the apartments were supposed to be out, and they were supposed to have cleaned out. We were to go in, check what needed to be repaired, what didn't need to be repaired, and so I went into this one apartment, and, and I could have blamed it on the pressure of having to get so much done that, today. I could have blamed what was about to happen on stress of the finances. I could have blamed it on that. You see, when I walked into this apartment, there was supposed to be nobody there. They were supposed to be cleaned out. But I walked into this stench, and as I looked around, there was beer cans, Whiskey bottles, bongs, it was a mess, and it absolutely reeked. I'm like, oh, it's horrible. And there were coolers, a couple coolers in here, and they weren't filled with beverages, they were filled with, yeah, vomit. Yeah, it, this was horrible. And then I saw a human being on the couch. I'm like, oh my God, he looks dead. You know, 
And uh, so I walked up and shook him, and he, oh, he's glossy-eyed, and he's trying to come awake. I'm like, listen, man, you're supposed to be out of here, and you got to clean this up. I'm going to give you one hour. Get up. I thought he was talking to a kid. Get up, clean up, and get out of here. Well, the guy said something along the lines of, oh, I'm tired. Maybe tomorrow. I'm like, you don't understand something. You need to be out of here now. So get up and clean this up now. Well, why don't you do it? What would this redeemed child of God do in that moment? That was the question. I said, you want me to clean this out? Yeah, okay, I'm starting with you. Grabbed them, threw them out in the hallway, closed and locked the door. I started there. How could I do that? I mean, this punk. I mean, the attitude, the irresponsibility, um, arrogance of the guy. I mean, he was just a punk. And how could I kind of start this physical confrontation with him and, and, and kind of get all over him? How, how could I do that? It's because of the punk in me. It's because of the sin in me. I recognize in that moment, I forgot who I was, and I certainly forgot who he was, loved by the Savior. And I discovered that although I was in the midst of all this stench and vomit, kind of was reminded that that was my life, filled with the stench and vomit of sin. We never see God's love rightly until we see it in the backdrop. It's like a diamond with the backdrop of black. It shines. And in the backdrop of my sin and your sin, we see this diamond of God's love. So rich, so shining, so attractive. And I hope that you've come to that place where you've looked and realized just how dirty and sinful you are. And I hope you've come to the place where you said it's God's love. That's my only hope. That he so loved me that he gave his one and only son. That's the beautiful news of the gospel. And if you don't recognize that sinfulness of your life, you can't really know God's love. You can read about it, you can quote a verse about it, but if you haven't come to the place you understand how desperately you need it, you're in trouble. But the good news this morning, you have a chance to respond to that love. That's the good news of the gospel. God offers you and I a love to respond to, His love. You see, it took His love to rescue this punk. It takes His love to rescue you as well. So no matter what sin you traffic in, God's love can forgive you. He can heal you. And wherever you are in your journey is okay. God knows. He understands. His response is to open His arms of perfect love. And He demonstrates it by giving His one and only Son. And that while you and I were punks, sinners, He died for us. His love paid the perfect price and satisfied the justice of God. So wherever you are, I encourage you to respond to the gift of God's love. The great rescuer. Let this season of Advent be one of responding to the love of God. And it's not just a one-time decision where we like, okay, I'll respond to the love of God, God forgive me, boom, I move on. No, God's designed it that you and I experience this love relationship every day, every moment of our life. And so don't only just respond, it starts there, but experience His love day in and day out. During the season of Advent, experiences love deeply. I know it's so easy to get distracted. 
It's so easy with, with all the things that are going on around us, and some of you might even get worried about what you're going to do tomorrow or the next week. Don't, don't be overwhelmed by that. Rest in the love of God. Sit and spend time with Him. Worship Him. And enjoy His love. And I like to remind myself and people, just enjoy Jesus today. Enjoy that love relationship you have. All those things around us, they matter and, and they have their place. Don't get me wrong. God's not really asking you to ignore all those things. You don't have to purge or rid yourself of all that. But don't forget, this Advent season is about unwrapping a gift, the gift of love. And it's experiencing that love on a regular basis as you allow Him to fill you and renew you with such a great love. The good news is that the love He gives through His Son, Jesus Christ, it's enough. His love's enough. You don't need anything else if the truth will be told. His love's enough. It's an exhaustible supply. It'll never run out. God's never going to get to a point and say, man, would you leave me alone? <laughs> the tank's empty. God doesn't have an empty tank. He doesn't have a tank. It's an exhaustible love that he pours out towards us. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul had a head-scratching moment. As he tried to contemplate the love of God, he said this, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, and in Paul says, in case there's anything I forgot, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a staying power. I mean, that's a love of a different kind. And it's God's love. It's a powerful love. It's a personal love. It's a perfect love. And that's the love he offers. It can't be contained. It can't be constrained by any power in the universe. Not evil, not death. No person, no power. And Paul even goes on to say, the love of Christ compelled me to serve. That word compelled means like a driving force. And so great was God's love and Paul's life said, it wasn't just a trickle of love. God opened the fire hose and just poured love into his life. And it compelled Paul. And no wonder, because Romans also said, God's poured out his love into our heart by the Holy Spirit. Once again, he opened the fire hose and he just keeps pouring it. He never turns it off. He just keeps pouring his love into our life. You and I could experience on a regular basis. And it's a love to be experienced. His love is a lifeblood. It's our oxygen that goes through us, continually filling our life. And so experience and rely on this perfect love of God. Let this season be one of embracing God's love fully and experiencing his love in new, deep, and continual ways. And then we shouldn't be surprised if we respond to God's love and we experience His love where there's really only one recourse is we share it. I mean, think about it for a moment. Have you ever been in love? If you're married, good chance you've done something loud or crazy to proclaim it. Right? You proclaimed it to the world somehow. Maybe you literally shouted it out loud in public. Now, certainly today, he probably put it on Facebook, Instagram, took a picture with the fiancé and posted that and, and let everybody know, I love him or her. And we weren't afraid to proclaim it. We shared that love freely. Matter of fact, through centuries, he, humanity has proclaimed love for people. That's why we all have these poetry. That's why there's a whole Hallmark channel. 
We like to proclaim love. Love songs. All those different ways that we proclaim love. We, we share it. We can't help it when we're in love. It just overflows. But the gift of God's love, how much more is that worth sharing? In fact, sharing this gift doesn't leave us with less. It, it actually opens the gateway to more. More that we could continue to share it in greater ways. God says, oh good, now you're getting it. He just keeps pouring, opening it up. Share it more. And, and, and soon we find that that love's not just filling us, it's splashing over into other areas of our life. That people are like, man, somebody, something's different with him or her. I, I mean, they, they love, they're kind, and somehow they don't get mad at people. And uh, unless you're like me every now you throw a guy out in the hallway. I'm, I'm a work in progress. But uh, a world can see the love of God at, li- at work in our life. And the natural step is to share it with people. John addressed this process back to 1 John. I read verse 9 and 10. I'm going to read it again, but then I'm going to bring verse 11 into picture. Here's verse 9 again. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God. Notice again who's the initiator. But he loved us and sent his Son also or send his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, since God so loved us, love one another. In other words, share it. As God so loved you, as he so continually refills you with his love, let it splash into others' lives. Love them. Love other people. That's love. That's how we share it. There's a man, Rodney, co-worker at the same time, and I worked in Madison in apartment maintenance. And he was a co-worker I worked with periodically. And I guess the way to describe Rodney would be he was lazy, which was very frustrating. He's kind of rough around the edges. He had an excuse why stuff wasn't getting done. And, and so it's one of those, if you ever had it, you go to work and you realize you did 90% of it at the end of the day, and he did 10, and he complained about the 10 he did. That kind of guy, you know. And so I could have got frustrated with him, but... I really committed to pray for him and to try to love him and to be a good example to him. And sometimes, you know how it is, you're like, oh, I probably have no impact on this. And, and so it would probably been, I don't know, almost a year that we'd worked periodically together. And, and, w- and one day he comes, and I'm, I'm matched with Rodney, and we're off to our job. And, and he says, Matt, can I talk to you about something? I, yeah, sure. He says, and he, he began to share about his marriage and how it was falling apart and, and how his life was just empty. And so I, I did what any good Christian did. We went to a pancake house and sat down and, and I shared the love of Jesus with him. And Rodney responded to that love. And, and that's really no pat on my back. You see, the only reason I could share is because God so loved me and poured into my life his abundant love that I couldn't help but share it with somebody who was broken and needed it. Rodney. I still remember him. still remember that day. What a great day. Be a vessel of God's love. Share it. So what does that look like for you? What does that look like for you to share God's love? Could mean spending quality time with family. It could mean if you're a teenager to go to the cafeteria and sit next to someone who's alone. It could mean to you fifth graders or fourth graders coming up to someone in the hallway who's maybe being bullied or looks like they're getting picked on. 
and coming alongside them. That's, that's what it looks like to share God's love. Maybe it's calling up or reconnecting with a friend who's drifted away. It might mean serving a neighbor or a stranger or seeking out someone you, you suspect is lonely on the holidays. Maybe a widow or someone who's just really hurting. It might mean forgiving someone who's hurt you or apologizing to someone you may have hurt. It might just mean being patient with a punk who's lost. There are endless ways to allow God's love to flow through you and I as we love other people. And so think of one way, even right now, one way you can share God's love. And then keep your heart, keep your eyes open to the world around you as Christmas approaches. And so let's keep our focus, all of us, here's our challenge to us at Elam, to keep our focus on making this season a season of love that is far deeper than the sappy carols or even the romantic statistics. Let's revel in God's love and be known to others as those who love. And may this season be of accepting, responding to, experiencing, and sharing God's gift of love in a new and deeper way. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That in this season of Advent, we can unrip, unwrap the gift of your love. Help each of us to respond to that love. To experience that love. And God, to share your love with others this season. Please, God, continue to fill us with expectation as we live in your love and wait for the complete fulfillment of that love when Jesus Christ comes again. And God, my prayer for my brothers and sisters here is I pray that they, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is your love. And to know that love that surpasses all understanding that we may be filled up to the measure of all the fullness of God. I ask this in Jesus' name.